0: following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining him in his mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. Genesis chapter 1 is so powerful and we call it a prequel. That's been kind of our silly joke that we've been using, but I'll tell you why we do this. Okay. Now, I'm 46, I was born in 1972 and so I grew up with the likes of the biggest blockbuster movies that came out. There had been some movies, there had been some John Wayne hits and some other, you know, big movies, but they, they hadn't had the blockbusters yet. I mean, Gone with the Wind was the only blockbuster when I was born. And then not long after then, when I was five years old, the biggest blockbuster of all time came out Star Wars, right? And it's like, whoa. And then then they just started coming one right after the other, right? And now we live in a land where blockbusters aren't really blockbusters anymore. It's like, hey, there's another movie. Let's go see it. And all of that is true. Why are they blockbusters? Where did they come from? Why do we get so interested in a moisture farmer from Tatooine? I mean, who cares, right? Why do we get so interested in a little boy who welcomes an alien into his bedroom? Why, why, do, we, why do we watch movies and stories and read books about these heroes and, and about this what they do to deal with the evil in the world? Why are we so intrigued by TV shows where the firefighters rush in and they save people and there's all the drama about this or, or the... Or the the, the romantic stories where finally the guy gets it, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it only happens in the movies. The rest of us, we're like still learning. But, but we're, we're excited about all these stories and movies, and, and the reason we are, and the reason we pay money to go see them, I would argue is because God said, let there be light. Take a look at Genesis 1-3. He said, that's the first word, and God said... Let there be light. And there was light. But what is this big deal about the fact that he said it? Right? This is kind of the big deal. You know, Last week we, saw, we were reading John 1, and John 1 says that in the beginning was the Word. Well, there it is. The first thing God does in the creation of the universe as he speaks, he said something. And it's really interesting what he said. He said, let there be light. Now, I grew up interpreting this as, oh, that's when he made the sun. That's when there was, you know, light. But if you read the story, that doesn't happen for three more days. On the first day, he just said, let there be light. You know, now, we were talking about earlier, photons. You know, is this photons? Is this where the first light waves emitted in the universe, at the Big Bang or whatever it was that everybody tries to figure out? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there, and the tapes have been burned, so I don't know. All I know is God said, let there be light, and there was. It's very interesting, this whole God speaking thing, and it's very pertinent to you and to me because we go through our lives and we're just trying to figure out, and we, like, we love to go and watch a, sh- a movie about Steve Rogers or Peter Parker or Jim Kirk or Jean-Luc Picard. There'll be a new one. They're coming out, right? And so, maybe it'll be a TV show. But the idea is we, 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 we love heroes and we are, we're attracted to this idea that people would stand up in the face of the opposite of light, darkness, right? And, and we, we're, very, we're, we're captivated by stories of people who do this. Why do we have Veterans Day, right? Why do we do that? Why do we celebrate what heroes have done? Because that's even better than the stories. It's even better than the movies. It's the real story of where real people stood up in the face of evil and said, no, this line and no further, as another Picard thing. So that's what you do. This is what you do. And you say, they shall not pass, which was the real thing that happened. And, and this is everything that goes on. And this is what we're talking about when we're talking about the light. But God's word came before the light. And it's God's word who speaks to you today. If his word comes to you every day, one way or the other, his word is the one that says you are forgiven. His word is the one who says you are mine, You, I love you. His word is the one, that same word that says I love you is the same word that said let there be light, and there was. Take a look at Genesis 1, verse 4. And God saw that the light was, that's an interesting word, good. You know, Jesus once was asked, you know, something about, hey, good teacher, tell me blah, blah, blah. And and Jesus was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 why did you call me Good. And he didn't even want to hear the question. He's like, "Let's start." you called me good teacher. Why do you think I'm a good teacher? A lot of people will say, I'm not a Christian, but I think Jesus was a good teacher. Why? What's so good about him? What makes him a good teacher? What does good mean? And of course, if I were to poll everyone here, we might get a lot of different answers. I think we'd probably see a th- couple themes emerge. But what does good mean? And, and what's very interesting is on page one of the Bible, that's going to be the question that's going to go all the way to the end of the Bible. What does good mean? On page two, there's some discussion about you know, how humans came into being. Of course, they're all also on page one, but the details are on page two. And then by the time you get to page three, the question of good and evil gets rolling. And then, what is it, about 17, 1,800 pages later, we get to the end of the story, which is really just the beginning. The rest of it is all of the question of what is good. In your life, if you say to yourself, what is good about my life? What is good about my situation, about me? And then you might even, oh, here's a bigger question. Am I a quote unquote good person? And then then we have an endless discussion about, well, what makes you a good person? You know, And some people have this whole belief, it's do more, try harder, get better. And some people will say different things. What did Jesus say about this? What does the story from page one to the, to, the, to the ending, which is really the beginning, say about this? What is good? You see, what's really interesting is there's only one letter difference in that word than its root word. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, it's like there's only one letter difference than what it means. And that is to say, the only way we can define good is to look at God. You know, there's the, old, there's the old questions, kind of a philosopher's study point, and they'll have this to sort of get their intellectual juices rolling. Is something good because God said it is good, or is something good because God made it? And, and is something good because God did something, or is something good because, and you can just keep going? And of course, I'll always love to say, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it misses the point. The category of good only exists within the category of God. And the great debate among the human race is, well, does God define good and evil or do humans define good and evil? And you'll find that humans love to define good and evil. That's just what we do. But the question is, is he saw that the light was good And then he separated the light from the darkness. So that makes the question is, okay. So if the light was good, then what is the darkness, and why did he separate it? And you know, I know that the scripture, the next sentence says, that's because you know there was day and there was you know he called the he called the darkness night and he called the the light day, and so then we're just thinking, oh, he's just talking about like. It's really good in the daytime because you can see where you're going. You don't fall on your nose. And in the nighttime, you should just go home and go to bed because you're just going to get in trouble. Everything bad happens at night anyway. So, (laughs) this is why it's a prequel. We've got to read the whole story to see what day and night actually mean in this context. And we'll do that later. But right now, I want you to see that the light is good and it is separated from the darkness. The light is good. And it is separated from the darkness. Take a look at John 1, verses 4 and 5. Because now we have to ask the question, what is the light? In Jesus, this is from the first chapter of John, was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not, and depending on what translation you read, you might see understood or overcome. And once again, you're like, which is it? And I would probably say, yeah. Yeah. The darkness has not understood or overcome the light. There was, a, there was a set of people who they had a situation happen in their town where a young teenager was killed in a car accident and it was very, very sad. Oh. And so they all gathered in this church building for the funeral and the church building was overflowed and spilling out into the into the parking lot. I mean, they couldn't fit the people in the church building, and it was a big church building that could seat five, 600 people, and they, they couldn't seat all these people. And they were all there because this terrible tragedy had happened, and they wanted to hear from the preacher guy, tell us why this happened. Tell us why this happened. And, of course, I, we could put this in any town in America or in any other country for that matter. Why did this terrible thing happen? And he starts to talk about it. He goes, well, you know, there's this thing we call good and there's this thing called evil. But is evil really a thing? Or is it like light and darkness? Is, is the darkness really something or is it really actually the absence of the light? Is the evil actually the absence of the good? Is the cold really the absence of the heat? And so we could keep going. And he continued to challenge the people the real question on our minds is not whether something bad like this could happen, but did God do it? Is God good? That's our question. And the question, the only way we can answer that question is to have the light. The only way we can answer the question of what is good is because we have to have the light. And the light is something that is it's, it's like hard to get your hands on, both figuratively and literally speaking, because it, 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 it just shines, right? And it does stuff, and it illuminates things. And it's like C.S. Lewis would say, I'm a Christian, not because um, you know, it's true just in and of itself, it, it, but I'm a Christian because it is like the sun. And it is, that is, by the sun, I see everything else. And so by Jesus, I can see everything else. And this is exactly what we're talking about here. In Jesus was life, and that life was the light of of all humanity. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it, has not understood it. Take a look at 1 John 1 verse 5. This is the message we have heard from Jesus, and we declare to you, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness, at all. What does make a firefighter run into a fire? What does make a soldier jump on top of a grenade to save his brothers? What does does cause human beings to decide they don't want to leave their neighbor in the ditch? What does cause human beings to do something that has no benefit unto themselves? What does all of that? What causes all of that? You see, this is what the light is. This is we know what the light is because it's, it's by which we see everything. And it's this thing, or this one, who does all of this. So you're like saying, wait, is God made out of photons? No, or well, I don't know, it doesn't say. It just says he is light. And the light comes from him, and it comes into us, and Jesus is the light of life that fills us up and makes us who we are. It is by him that we see Everything. It is by Him that we can face these terrible tragedies and hideous, broken places of darkness. Because on the day that Jesus went to the cross, there was darkness. And He described it as He was being enthroned. He was being lifted up and glorified. And He went there so that all the evil and darkness of the world would not destroy you and me, but that it would destroy him because he is the light of the world. And then he said something crazy, guys. He said, "Ah, you are the light of the world. And he took all of that darkness and evil and everything that it is, whether it's a thing or not, that's for the philosophers to decide, but the point is all of that, which is not the light, that has been separated from the light, he took it upon himself and then he gave us his righteousness and his love and his light and it fills us, and it sets us free. And you're like, but Mark, I don't understand how that could work. Well, it's not about that. It's about trusting in Him, because God is not evil. That's what this is saying. God is not evil. He is set against evil. He set his face like flint against evil. And he went to Jerusalem and he went to the cross and he did it for you and for me. And the most important thing that you will, I pray that you will hear from me today, is that you will know that the light shines in the darkness. And it shines in your darkness, in your situation. And it takes away the evil because it takes it to Jesus who died for you. Not just for you all, but for you and he gives you, individually, in particular, the light. That stuff that's going on on page one is for you. You know, you, you know we said it last week, I'm going to say it again. You're telling me that God like, arranged the universe for me? And I'm like, no, that's what the Bible says. If you keep reading past page one, you're going to find out that the whole story is about this man, who we call Jesus, who came to the earth, and he came to the earth for one reason and one reason alone, to seek and to save that which is lost. And the last time I checked, that includes me and you. That's what the story is about. He came to save you and for me. And, and the Bible is so audacious as to say that he even determined the times and places that you and I would live so that we would reach out for him, though he is not far from any one of us. This is the promise of God for you and for me. Take a look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 because he has this thing where he says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. We talked about this in Bible class earlier today, and that is what we, the way our world works, and I would argue this is darkness, the way our world works is we categorize people according to their behaviors, right? Or according to whatever labels we want to associate with those behaviors. So, for example, if someone has a behavior that we don't agree with, then we label them by that behavior, okay? That person is a thief. That person is a refrigerator repair person. That person is a a hero. That person is a football player. That person is a pastor. That person is a housewife. That person, and then we can keep going. And then, and then we, we, so we notice we, I'm moving in and out of behavior. So some of it is behavior that we might consider good, and some of it is behavior that we might not consider. That person is a, let's just go ahead and say it, a homosexual. That person is a, an adulterer. That person is a, and you just fill in the blanks, keep going. You know, I'm just getting started. And then they think, that God doesn't like those people because of those labels, according to their behavior, according to whatever they do for a living, according to the color of their skin or the language they speak or the culture that they associate with. And the religious teachers of Jesus' day, as we were studying in our Bible class, you know, they were grouchy with Jesus because they said, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. That's right. I mean, that's exactly right. And the challenge for you and I is we love to hear, and I need to hear, that the light shines in the darkness. But we need to know that that has both a vertical and a horizontal dimension. The light shines on me. The light shines on you. He forgives us all of our sins because of what He did for us on the day of darkness. And that then gives fellowship. It's this Greek word koinonia, which means this participation, the sharing. Do you know that the Greek word for, for fellowship right here, koinonia, if you translate it into Latin, it's called, you come up with the word communion, which is what we're going to partake of here in just a moment. And what's really interesting is, is, is notice how that works. You have the vertical dimension in where, where God's body and blood come to us for the forgiveness of sins, right? That's the ver- He saves you and me. And then he says, eh, let... Your light shine, because you are the light of the world. And notice how this works. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship, we have participation, we have communion with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So now we are set free to look at one another with a different category. There's only one, right? Child of God, right? And so now when I look at the person whose behavior may not line up with my values, and certainly the Scriptures have lots of things that talk about how we should alter our behavior, but that's only because of Jesus. That's only in Jesus. only through Jesus. We don't judge and condemn those neighbors who come among us. Instead, we welcome them and we eat with them. This This is what we're called to do. And why do we do it? Because the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. That word purify from the Old Testament comes from this this discussion in a part of the story that if you did start at page 1 and you kept reading and you're like okay, all right, I got through Genesis this is a really cool story, and I got to Exodus, a massive adventure story by which we make cool, you know, sight and sound themes plays off of, and then I get to and then I and then I got to Leviticus. Skip. But if you skip Leviticus, you miss purifies because this is the thing, purification wasn't just like, okay, what, you're, you're dirty and now you're clean. No, you were in a dirty space and now you're in a clean space. A clean space where you can now have fellowship with one another. You have restoration of brokenness. You have forgiveness that doesn't just flow one direction, but flows every direction. And what happens is people who have stabbed you in the back and have broken your heart, all of a sudden you have the opportunity and the ability to forgive them and the power to bring the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, through your body to them. And you know what that does, guys? It changes the world. Even though we're still on day one, it hasn't been created yet. Prequel. But in the sequel, man, Changes the world, and my prayer is that you and I would be able to see by way of this light, see by way of this idea that when we walk with Jesus, which means to oh, its this crazy Greek word that means to go on a walkabout. I love that because we can think of a walkabout, especially if you're a fan of Australia, and, and you can you can think about what that means—to just go around and experience things and do things—and all of these things. And it, it's like it's not behavior; it's a it's a it's a direction, it's a path, it's a process, it's a journey that you and I go on in this broken world carrying the very same light that was created on the first day. The day when God spoke and the universe leapt into existence. The day when you and I were on His mind and in His heart as He prepared all of creation so that you and I and all our brothers and sisters that have ever lived would one day come home. And He was out on the road waiting for us. Our prayer today that we're going to pray right now is that we would let that light shine. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you for all that you give us and we thank you for your light. And we ask you right now to open our hearts and our minds to believe this audacious message that the light was for us. The audaciousness that the fact that the light on page one of the Bible was for us. Help us to believe that and by it to see anew. That through this light, it might change everything in our personal lives, in our work lives, in our school lives, everything in between, when we're just having fun or we're just at home weeping. That whatever the circumstances, that whatever the situation, we would look to the day when it was so dark and your light shined on the cross. And you... Purchased for us an escape, a redemption from evil. You were the ultimate hero that defeated the darkness by your light. And you did all of this, Lord, through your Son, Jesus, who lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit and you, one God, now and forever. Amen.